Hi, this is Louis Canio. Welcome to the Doctor and Dad podcast. This fast-paced weekly podcast delves into the latest scientific findings on how we can all live longer and better lives. I'm the dad, and my daughter, Nicole, is a family medicine doc who trained at the renowned Cleveland Clinic. We hope you enjoy this short, informative show, and please be sure to visit thedoctorandad.com. Uh, and by the way, the doctor is abbreviated in that. So it's T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for the show notes um, and other resources to help you learn about extending your health span. Within the notes, you'll find links to a bunch of stuff we discussed. So be sure to check it out. And thanks for listening. Hi, doctor. Hi, dad. So... We are at episode 60, and the question um, that we're going to address today is, um, is it better to focus on weight loss or exercise for a longer health span? Um, we've had a number of recent podcasts that have focused on metabolic health, including maintaining a healthy weight level. Um, and, and in those discussions, we've, we've talked about the fact that nutrition is a more potent lever than exercise if you're, if you're looking to lose fat. Um, and there, there are lots of studies that have documented the relative futility of relying on, on exercise for weight loss. So can you maybe start out by why is, why is just a quick review, why is uh, exercise not the, the, the best uh, focus on exercise or sole focus on exercise, not the best strategy if you're trying to lose weight? So it's going to help, right? It's going to burn some calories. But I think people too often, when they hear exercise, it's just tied to weight. So it's like you exercise to lose weight. And when you don't exercise, you, you gain weight. Um, but exercise really shouldn't be kind of connected to weight and the scale because it is so good for you for so many other reasons. And it moves the needle so little when it comes to weight loss unless you are that person, you know, running six miles a day every day, or you're that athlete who's training, you know, then you're, of course, spending a big portion of your day exercising and expending energy. So yeah, you'll, you'll lose weight or have to adjust your diet. But for the average person, we're exercising between 20 and 40 minutes a day. Um, and what it takes to burn significant calories there, um, is a heck of a lot of energy. And even if you are going at your max for those 20 or 40 minutes, we're talking a couple hundred calories. And then, so that's one thing people always will um, overestimate calorie burn because lots of the machines and even your wearable watches and stuff will overestimate it significantly. Um, but you- Wait a minute, I don't, I don't burn 200 calories a mile when- <laughs> when I walk. <laughs> no. And I think, uh, and it cha- of course, if you, so if you've got more body mass, then you're going to burn more than someone who's smaller. Um, but in general, you, you can think of it as you're probably going to burn a max uh, of a hundred calories every 10 minutes. If you're at your like max effort, kind of how yeah. I think about it. Um, yep. And then <laughs> the other thing people will do on the flip side of that is underestimate how many calories we take in because we're not weighing and measuring and how many times you, you know, stick your hand in, even if it's like almonds or, you know, making your kids lunch, like I'm guilty of and snacking on the stuff you're putting in that adds up significantly. So you are, you know, not even canceling each other out. You're oftentimes, you know, 
more on the the other end of a um, not a calorie energy deficit. You're in an excess. Yeah, yeah, and we there's certainly been lots of um, focus on the fact that um, you know, um, notwithstanding all of the the programs out there to to lose weight, it's it's if you look at the um, if you look at the the pure numbers, um, over, overweight and and obese. Um, kind mm-hmm. of uh, numbers are are just rising and continue to rise. So it points to the that you know that tough cycle where people go on whatever diet um, you want mm-hmm. to talk about um, and then are 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 unable to 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 lose weight. So yeah. um, again, it may point to the 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 fact that if you're going to prioritize something, you maybe you prioritize um, activity and and really instead of kind of focusing on that exercise weight loss connection the 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 re- really the objective of of this podcast is around you know uh, getting people to adopt changes that will lead to a longer health span which um is is more than just a, you know involves a longer lifespan but it, but it's staying healthy for longer is the, right. is the bottom line so more in question more important question to ask is you know um, that that relationship between um, weight and exercise as it relates to health span so um, unfortunately there's a recent analysis um, that was published that provides some answers but before we get into that study or analysis um, I'm just curious do in your practice do you find that patients generally are more concerned about weight loss than overall health span um, yes and no. So weight loss is usually what everybody um, wants, because that's what I think as a society, we kind of tie health to um, mm-hmm. is how much, you know, you weigh or how you're what you look like. Um, so I think and, and everyone wants to feel good about the way that they look. So most people are focused on weight loss, but not just because they you know, only care about how they fit in their clothes, um, but also because it's, they tie it to health. Um, so I, so I think they're also concerned about health span as well. Um, I think people are probably equally concerned about weight loss for appearance and weight loss for health purposes. Um, but I think what people don't understand enough or what I try to stress is, you know, that a person who, kind of has a crappy diet and doesn't exercise and works at a desk job, um, but happens to have a normal BMI just because of their, you know, genetics or metabolism. Um, You know, that person is not healthier than someone who's a little bit overweight, but exercises and eats well, just happens to kind of um, struggle with getting their weight to where they want it. Um, I would take that person who's a little bit overweight every day of the week because they're healthier. Um, and, and people understand that when you explain it to them. Um, but they still, the, the kind of gratification comes from when you lose weight and feel better. Yeah. That's where the, the kind of, it is a matter of kind of, um, uh, what do you want to say incentive, so to speak, because, or, or rewards, because when you lose weight, that reward is pretty immediate and, um, and, and very objective. It's, you know, it's, it's either in the mirror or, or how you close fit or what have you mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, uh, Stuff on the inside that you can't see your yes. cholesterol levels, your blood pressure, your, 
you know, insulin sensitivity. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Unfortunately. So it does take some, some reminding, but you can, you know, you can think, okay, if we're going to, if we're going to implement behavior changes, which are difficult anyway, Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, to, to say, okay, you know, and so you could say, okay, let's, let's focus on two, like more activity and eat better. But I would think the chances of success around achieving two big behavior change objectives um, are less than focusing on one. Right. It's tough enough to do one rather than two. So this kind of gets to, okay, you know, if you're going to, if you're both relatively sedentary and don't have the best diet, if you're going to make a change, which one, which one do you want to prioritize? So, so what is, what is the, what's this study all about that, that, that kind of points us in a direction? Um, so just some background on it. Um, so what they did in this study was analyze the results of a whole bunch of previous studies on weight loss and workouts. So kind of like the meta-analysis where you go back and review multiple, um, studies and kind of put the data all together. Um, So they looked at weight loss and workouts in men and women. Um, So we're talking about 200 meta-analyses involving tens of thousands of of men and women, most of whom were obese. And this is nice because we talk about how, you know, the the N or the power of the study increases with um, more people in the study. And so, you know, tens of thousands of people in data makes your risk of confounding factors playing a big role less. So it's a good study. Um, The purpose was to look at, first, what is the magnitude of mortality risk reduction associated with intentional weight loss compared to that associated with increasing physical activity or cardiorespiratory fitness? So essentially, what is the risks or the reduction in mortality associated with either weight loss or increased activity exercise. And the next question was, what is the magnitude of cardiovascular disease risk reduction associated with weight loss interventions compared to physical activity? So we're comparing just overall death reduction in weight loss versus exercise and then cardiovascular disease marker reduction associated with just weight loss versus exercise. And it makes uh, sense to, to include specifically cardiovascular disease because um, it's the number one killer um, right. in the in the U.S. Um, certainly, you, I guess you could, it'd be interesting if you included other things like cancer and Alzheimer's, but um, they, they may, that, that may be out there. But the, yeah. for this study, it was, it was specifically all-cause mortality and uh, cardiovascular disease. And you can assume that while cardiovascular disease is the number one cause of death and morbidity, you know, those cancers and Alzheimer's are, you know, follow closely. So if we're reducing all cause, then we're probably reducing everything, not just Mm -hmm. cardiovascular disease, but it is a good thing in studies like this too, not to focus on too many variables. So looking just at cardiovascular disease kind of helps get you at least some specific answers. Um, So what answers did they find? They found, um, some clear results. The lead researcher, um, Glenn Gaser, he's a professor of exercise physiology at Arizona State University. And um, 
you know, in his in his own words, compared head to head, the magnitude of benefit was far greater from improving fitness than from losing weight. Um, so the studies that they cite show that sedentary, obese men and women who begin to exercise and improve their fitness can lower their risk of premature death by as much as 30% or more, even if their weight does not budge. This improvement generally puts them at a lower risk of death than people who are considered to be of normal weight but out of shape. So it kind of, um, it's great because I tell people this all the time and it's nice to, <laughs> you kind of intuitively, <laughs> to you know it. intuitively, you know it, right? Because, you know, unfortunately with some things in, in science and in life in general, common sense doesn't cut it and we need data. So this is just data to show it that, you know, that person who's considered normal weight and maybe they're, they don't eat in excess of calories, um, but they're sedentary. I would take that person who struggles a little bit more with an excess of calories and extra pounds who's exercising because of all of the things that exercise does for your your whole body and your health right exactly and it's it's really interesting when you look at some of the charts in that study um so in, in terms of that are measuring hazard ratio and hazard ratio is you know you take for example that um, a hazard ratio of one is okay a, a uh, kind of a here's here's the reference group so to speak mm -hmm. so um so you, you you're looking at people who are fit have a normal weight their their hazard ratio is one and then you compare that that group of normal weight people to unfit normal weight people so you compare that group of fit normal weight people to unfit normal weight people and the risk of all-cause mortality more than doubles right for them yep. over over whatever length of time that that that, that you want to look at, yep. um, and and then you compare the 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 risk of going from if you're fit going from normal to overweight to obese, and it 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 just barely budges up if you're right. going from normal to overweight. It's like it 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 rises by maybe you know it goes to a hazard ratio of one point one. So you're you got a ten percent increase and mortality risk from going going from normal to overweight you know versus you went you know almost two and a half times your hazard risk going from you know normal weight fit to normal weight unfit it's mm -hmm. amazing and then obese yep. just cranks it up maybe another 10 percent, but just just fractionally right. um whereas for across all levels of weight normal overweight and obese the hazard ratio pretty much remains fairly static between, mm -hmm. you know, over two, basically, yep. uh, which is over a 200% greater increased chance of, of, um, of, of death if you're, right. if you're unfit. So that, that um, relationship is, is, you know, super yep. clear. Yep. And then you look at the, the, the uh, similar chart for cardiovascular disease um, and you see somewhat of the same thing, a little bit, maybe different um, in that, you see a little bit of a greater relationship um, between, you know, if you're if you're fit but overweight uh, to obese, you got a little bit higher um, risk of of developing cardiovascular disease. But presumably, um, or and this is cardiovascular disease mortality. Um, yeah. So, but but still not 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 that much. It goes from you know, again, the reference uh, is is one for a normal weight fit person to overweight fit person might be 1.25 to um, 
uh, fit and obese um, approaching 1.5. Mm-hmm. But again, you compare that to um, an unfit person whose um, whose ranges whose whose hazard ratios range over two to over three, really. Right. Yep. So, so and, and you can compare. So if you're a if you're a normal weight person but unfit. Um, you have a significantly higher chance of, of both pre- premature death um, of any type and cardiovascular disease death related death than an obese but fit person. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So I guess it's, it's fair to ask whether weight loss could have contributed to the reduced mortality risk associated with increases in either physical activity or um, or cardiorespiratory fitness. Um, and because you, you always in these studies, it's the challenge is, is identifying causality, you know, right. which, which way does this, this go? Did that, did that, you know, um, higher activity relate result in weight loss, which then resulted in less death, um, for whatever reason. But, but the authors concluded in this, that it's not likely that weight loss would have contributed appreciably to the reduced mortality risk because a typically physical activity doesn't result in a lot of weight loss like we discussed at the beginning of the episode Um, and just it's it's kind of it answers its own question when it shows that the risk reduction is much greater for physical activity than weight loss so kind of like intuitively answers its own question there. So yeah, maybe the physical activity people are losing some weight. Maybe that's contributing somewhat, but as you see in the people who just lost weight (laughs) and they didn't see as much of a risk reduction as the exercise people. So while it might contribute to some small degree, um, just by the the design of their study alone, they're proving that that's not the, the big component. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so can we, can we suss out some of the reasons why exercise may be so beneficial? Um, yeah, and this is, you know, we kind of talk, generally speaking, I tell people all the time, like, again, don't exercise for weight loss, um, because you're going to be fighting an uphill battle, but exercise for maybe some calorie burning, but also mental health benefits, cardiovascular benefits, brain benefits, sleep benefits, all that stuff. So in the broad picture, those are all the reasons. If you sleep better, you live longer. If your you know, cardiovascular system is more optimal, then you're going to live longer. Um, but specifically, it might also be beneficial because of its impact on ectopic fat, um, like visceral fat and fat stores in the liver and other lean tissues. So these fat stores, they're not the subcutaneous fat, um, but they're the kind of fat that's inside the body are associated with increased risk of cardiovascular disease and diabetes. So sedentary people with obesity usually have also a high level of this ectopic fat that may contribute to the increased mortality risk associated with obesity because there are studies that have been done, of course, to show that people who are obese or overweight and they get liposuction or you know plastic surgery to remove fat subcutaneous fat their other markers and mortality and disease risk do not go down if that's the only thing that's happening um so 
we kind of know that just because you can take care of the sub-Q fat, it's, it's what's on the inside that's making the bigger difference. And then exercise training doesn't lead to significant reductions in body weight or total body fat. Exercise training can reduce visceral fat and ectopic fat. Um, so that might be another explanation why exercise interventions are associated with improved cardiometabolic risk um, with little actual weight loss because a lot of times people say like, oh, well, maybe you're just switching fat for muscle. And that's a discussion for another time, but it may be more likely that you are burning something, um, but it's just more of the stuff on the inside because your your kind of internal systems are working better. Yep. Um, and a meta-analysis of aerobic exercise training in adults with overweight or obesity demonstrated that exercise significantly reduced the hepatic or liver fat and visceral fat. Um, and these studies, weight loss is frequently less than one kilo, um, which is nothing. Yep. And that's the kind of thing that people get frustrated by because they're doing all this work and exercising and they're not seeing a pound come off on the scale and they stop. Right. And it's hard it's, because they don't see the, they don't see it. And it's the same thing with like diabetes before it causes it's causing a problem. But before diabetes causes a problem that you can see, it's already wrecking havoc, but people don't feel it. So it's like right. out of mind. And that's the problem with, I guess, life in general. Um, is, well, there are, and there are tests to, to measure, um, visceral fat but they're not easy to do and right. uh, they're expensive and all that versus just jumping on a scale but um, yep. but I think the, you know what you've got to what you've got to rely on then if you can't rely on the you know the the easy easy evidence is is to rely on the science like this to give you the 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 kind of feedback um, that that you need and certainly the other um, the other piece of the kind of the, the positive reinforcement loop for exercises, you just kind of over time, you're just going to feel better just physically right. and mentally. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but I would say, would you, would you agree? Bottom line here is that, you know, the, while there are many obesity related health conditions, um, they're more likely attributable to a low, you know, level of physical activity and mm -hmm. if you're looking to, to prioritize something, if you want, if you're looking to make a change, um, yeah. then the, the first place to look is, is if you're, is your exercise level, your activity level. Yeah. I would say if you're looking to live the longest, healthiest life that you can, and you need to start somewhere, start with preventing a sedentary lifestyle um if because exercise is is going to be king there if you're looking to live a long healthy life and exercise doesn't you don't have to do sprints or stuff that just like makes you absolutely miserable i'm talking even just walking um most days brisk walking if you are trying if you're you know short-term goal hey i need to lose weight i really want to lose weight then okay focus on your um your calorie intake in your diet, um, but understand that the ultimate goal for everyone really is not, hey, let me see what size pants I can fit into. It's let's see how long I can live the healthiest I can be. So, and I found this is just kind of anecdotally that um, 
that if I'm in a good exercise routine, um, I just kind of naturally want to eat better. Right. Yeah. You you don't want to waste your effort. (laughs) Exactly. It's just kind of one, one tends to reinforce the, well, one tends to reinforce the other, but the reinforcement for me, at least, again, this is, uh, you know, an end of one here is that exercise will, will often lead to better nutrition for me. Better nutrition doesn't necessarily lead to, to more exercise for me. In fact, right. it could be the, it could be the opposite. Right. Yep. I'm like, yep. Oh, I'm eating good. I don't need to go out and do that run today or yep. whatever. Yep. So, well, good, good. Well, hopefully we, uh, we, we provided our, our listeners with a little bit of insight uh, and a little bit of direction. Um, that's, that's our goal. So yeah, maybe just a little motivation to get started. You got it. Or it gets or even, you know, I think of people out there who there may be some who are are active, but, you know, um, are frustrated, would like yeah. to be more so. Yeah, or exactly. are frustrated yeah. that they don't see the results that they're hoping for. But really, the results that you're getting are are ones that you can't see. Exactly. Exactly. OK, Doc, have a great day. Good chatting with you. You too. OK, thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening. You can visit the doctorandad.com. That's spelled T-H-E-D-R-A-N-D-D-A-D.com for show notes to any of our podcasts, as well as other useful info on extending health span. Now the legal disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. And no doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this information in show notes is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should not, should not disregard or delay taking medical advice or treatment for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their medical professional for any such conditions. We also want you to know that we take no funding from any product or service that may be mentioned on the Doctor and Dad podcast.